Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. My son was in the Army back during Desert Storm, but even then he wanted an MBA. He looked at a dozen schools, but only one offered the online education and flexibility he needed while he was in a tent in Iraq. Grantham University. Turns out that Grantham's been delivering affordable, relevant college and advanced degrees for over 65 years. Heck, if they can deliver a quality education to a soldier in a tent overseas, think about the flexibility Grantham can offer you so you can earn your degree, too. It doesn't matter how complicated or full your life is. If getting a degree is on your bucket list, you'll want to do what my son did. You'll want to call Grantham. Find out how easy it is to get started on your education so you can check that college degree off your bucket list. Call Grantham right now. 800-910-1370. That's 800-910-1370. Flexible. Affordable. Relevant. Call 800-910-1370. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news for you. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Healthy Man allows you to save up to $500 on Viagra. Why pay U.S. pharmacy prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get Viagra for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 40 Viagra pills for only $99. This can cost as much as $600 at your local pharmacy. You can't afford not to call us. If you want Viagra at the lowest prices, never pay $15 a pill pharmacy prices again. Get Viagra for less than $3 a pill. Call 1-800-516-7602 today and save up to $500 and get 40 pills for just $99. Healthy Man is fast, easy, and affordable. Operators are waiting at 1-800-516-7602 to take your call right now. Call 1-800-516-7602. That's 1-800-516-7602. Again, 1-800-516-7602. Attention business owners and independent contractors. This is a money-saving message from Tax Mediation Services. If your business owes $20,000 or more in taxes, we can help you today, right now. Listen, dealing with the IRS is no picnic. It's an intimidating and extremely stressful process, and you don't want to go it alone. Our attorneys know every law, every tax break, and every possible opportunity to help you resolve and reduce your tax debt. And if you owe more than $20,000, you may be at the top of their hit list. So don't take your tax debt lightly because it will not go away on its own. The IRS can seize your bank accounts, your home, and even shut down your business. Call our tax experts today at 1-800-783-0810 and let us deal with the IRS while you focus on your business. That's 1-800-783-0810. Again, that's 800-783-0810. Dream 
another episode of the Cocktail Lounge. I am your hostess with the mostess, Aggie, and with me tonight is, as always, my affable, quaffable co-host, Brad Slager. How are you doing this evening, Brad? <laughs> I'd say much better than I've been throughout the week. I uh, lost my internet and a few other things, and on top of all that, I'm doing vacation prep of sorts <laughs> CPAC, I'm going to disembark soon for that venture that you're going to join me on. Yes! So looking forward to it. It'll be so much fun. I can't wait. Oh, yeah. It's uh, going to be a good time and uh, politically enervating and culturally broadening and uh, should be a lot of drinking going on, too. I was going to say, <laughs> I'm all about the microbrewery next door. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, you're not mentioning the uh, the hotspot. <laughs> uh, yeah, my satellite office, but yes. Yes, your satellite office. I I am still looking forward to going, you know, meeting up with Stacy and hopefully Jen will be meeting with us there and the other scragglers from Red State and Town Hall. And it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, we've uh, got a pretty good centrally located, I guess, <laughs> conglomeration taking place. We've got the KLRN people, some of the Red State folks are there, uh, a few from Town Hall are in the same condominium complex, so I think there's going to be a lot of uh, conviviality taking place between the I think so, outlets. I think so. It should, be, it should be a lot of fun and a lot of, uh, you know, uh, I like it. Because last year I got to meet a few people from Red State, and I really enjoyed the brainstorming sessions that you guys were having. It it, uh, it, it was very informative, and it was a lot of fun to actually contribute. You know, yeah, just little little old me contributing to you know such a big place as Red State. But I don't know if anybody paid attention <laughs> to what I said. Or they just nodded and said, "That's a good idea." <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> but, but, you know, also, you know, just milling around and meeting all sorts of people from all walks of life that come from every corner of the U.S. to meet up at CPAC. That's always fun. Oh, yeah. That's, um, it, it's, it's the kind of thing you really, it, it's tough to describe because if you listen to people on the outside who don't attend and tell you what's taking place, they're, they're always 180 degrees out of phase. They, they don't, they're, they're basing it on assumptions, really. They're projecting what's taking place kind of crap. Oh, it's, yeah. Last year, I got, I got, uh, I got assailed with a lot of, oh, so you're, you know, you're one of them white folk that, uh, that are racist and all that stuff. And I'm like, dude, no, I'm, I'm Hispanic. And I wasn't the only Hispanic there either. <laughs> I met quite a few <laughs> and they're all like, what? No, that didn't happen. I'm like, well, I was there. You were not. <laughs> yeah. It's always funny to be told what took place <laughs> and what I witnessed when they were not there. That's a, uh, that's a common trait among the critics, but you know, what are you going to do? It's uh 
you know, we, I, I was just struck by not that, oh my gosh, there's a couple of POCs walking the floor. But I mean, the entire place was diverse. It was not just, you know, pick a couple out for a photo op. I mean, the place was swarming with all different kind of people. I was, I was so glad. The first person that I, I saw and I met and I ran to was Maj Ture. I was like, this dude, I, 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 honestly, I was hunting him down because I wanted a picture with him so badly. <laughs> just thinking he's so cool. <laughs> and he was so gracious. And I wasn't the only one. It was like everybody wanted to take a picture with Mastere, you know, before he went to um, do his uh, speaking engagement. But he he wasn't the only person of African-American descent there. Not by far. Not even close to being the only one. I was like, wow, there's a lot of diversity here that amazingly enough only got reported in foreign press mm-hmm. and well, uh the whole thing yeah. it doesn't it doesn't fit comfortably in the narrative so we're just gonna bypass that i mean uh, just just look at from red state alone we had quite a number oh yeah <laughs> would, would defy their assessments of us from afar but you know it's just I, I, I'm so looking forward to see what ruin they use on the floor of the main hall this year. Yes, we gotta yeah. we, we have to do a better <laughs> job of sneaking the Nazi insignia in the staging this year. <laughs> oh my god, that was so stupid. I was looking at that going, that is not a ruin. <laughs> it's too elongated. It is not a ruin. <laughs> I it's always the case, though, that the people that make that accusation, you know, it's always the Republicans are doing this as a dog whistle. It's like funny how you're the only people that manage to hear it, though. Mm-hmm. It's not like nobody said anything about this until it showed up on CNN and some other outlet. It's, it's, it's like but I went to the entire conference and not a single Sieg Heil was mentioned or anybody was like hey hey did you see the stage wink wink nudge nudge no no nothing like that i was in fact i think it was on my trip back when i started to see the stories about it i was like wait what are you talking about yeah i was kind of like i was like y'all waited until i left this is so not fair (laughs) oh i totally was going in there and gotten a picture of myself on the nazi stage Talking from the podium. <laughs> I wonder if Albilio is going to be there. Oh, I'm I'm hoping. That would be uh, fun. I, 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 you know me. If I'm even close enough, I'm going to call him Abilio. I'm not going to call him Jim. I'm going to call him Abilio. <laughs> you can call him that. He's a Moroccan now. That's, that's not his real name. <laughs> I know. Talk about cultural appropriation. Come on, ask. <laughs> come on, Jaime. Where'd you get the? Uh, where did Jaime? Jaime. <laughs> I just, I you know, it, it's funny because he wants all this street cred and everything, but he goes by. In case you guys are wondering, we're talking about Jim Acosta, and his first name is Abilio. Okay. And he never uses it. And I'm like, if you want to strengthen your street creds in, you know, and uh, you, you may want to use your actual name. 
I mean, I still remember when Geraldo Rivera went by Jerry Rivers because he was trying to get ahead. <laughs> and then he figured out, wait, 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 if I go back to my old name, I'll probably get, you know, uh, affirmative action up the ladder. And so he went back to Geraldo Rivera. And that's yeah, how he Kaye cred. That's how he got his uh, talk show gig in Chicago, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, you know, sprung from there. But I don't know. Jim just, he said in uh, culturally appropriating whiteness or something. I don't know. Whatever. That makes him more palpable to the flyover country to see. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Appeal to those in Trump country. <laughs> He's, he's incapable of doing anything that doesn't make the story about himself. I mean, it's... Wow. My favorite picture is the one that he posed for backstage in front of a makeup mirror, looking at himself. <laughs> yeah, that is the best one. I bet you he has mirrors on the ceiling and pink champagne on ice. I bet you he's that type. I mean, there was, there was a point in time a couple of years ago, I think it was, where... He, like, he idiotically was, I don't know if it was Trump or somebody else, but he was talking about how they always reference themselves. And if you went to his Twitter account, the header picture was a picture of him on stage <laughs> with another image of him broadcast on a screen behind him. And then his picture in the avatar as well. And I think he was making a hand gesture or something, but it looked like he was pointing at himself. So there's three pictures of himself in his headliner. While he's talking about other people always referencing themselves. It's like when Jim Acosta has an affair, it means he's seeing other mirrors. (laughs) That is beautiful. (laughs) It's so true. That's a bright original right there. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so uh, here's hoping we get to uh, see him in CPAC. That should be fun. Well, if we, uh, if I manage to get some airtime over at uh, the Town Hall Broadcast Center, I think they're calling it now, it, it's gone from like a card table with four chairs to, oh, yeah, we got video feed. And we like, just, I oh, just holy cow. Some, Microphone time, please. That's all I want. <laughs> Just let me whore myself out in my little own way here. But whatever. Okay, put you on got the cleave lights. Right? Mm-hmm. Yay. Oh, yeah. I'm going to be throwing those around like jokers on a poker table. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I can't wait. I'm going to have I'm going to have the official Brad Slager um, <laughs> business card. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to frame it, put it on my desk. I'm kidding. I'm not framing it. I'll, I'll put it on my desk. I have a thing for business cards on my desk. It would be great it. if you could just reference it without laughing. This I, I wouldn't laugh with that. As a matter of fact, we all encourage you, Lou included, encourage you to get the damn cards. Because <laughs> we think it's a good idea. <clears throat> yep. It'll happen. Get to know me. I'm going to be that guy. Hey. 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 <laughs> That'll be, uh, be cool. I'm just going to see if I can rope anybody and everybody into talking with me and 
a chance to pimp things out a little bit. So, should be fun. But uh, and we're definitely going to do some broadcasting of our own, I hope. If we can get the brewery yes. to cooperate. Yes, we're planning on having a podcast on Friday. It will not be interrupted. It won't be in the evening. It'll be um, mid-afternoon, sometime after 3. So, guys, try to tune in because it'll be live. Lou's going to be our producer for that one. And we should be broadcasting from the microbrewery next door. <laughs> because, of course. <laughs> Fingers crossed, of course. Yeah. yeah. Now, how cool would that be, though, if we could do such a I think, I think that would be great. from an yeah. actual brewery? I think that's... Uh... We might, and if we're not busy Saturday night, we should we should try and and see if uh, we can uh, uh, podcast from the uh, from the condo and have everybody join in. That would be kind of cool. Oh yeah, I'll uh, I'll be open to that. We'll <laughs> see, we'll see. It's all you know. We're gonna get all logistics worked out and everything, but I think for the most part, it's gonna be pretty cool. We should have we should have a number of people at our disposal. We're going to have uh, Red State's political cartoonist staying with us. We've got Scott Hounsel in the complex. A uh, number of other writers are going to be nearby as well. So we'll see who we can coax on the air. That should be fun. I, I hope you guys get a lot of uh, talent and a lot of uh, fresh new faces. You know, this is what I want. I want I, I, I'm not looking for the establishment GOP. I want the, the new blood. That's what I'm looking for because that's what's important. Establishment has. <sighs> How can I put this in words that really don't make me angry? They've they've pretty much sold out conservatism. So I'm looking for you know the the younger generation, the the ones that are looking to fight uh, leftism as opposed to appease it. Yeah, I did. Um, did a piece yesterday. I wrote about the the truckers protest because nobody else has mentioned that this week. So I figured I'd, uh, I'd cover, mm-hmm. fill that gap. <laughs> Literally, at one point, I turned my piece in, and I think one of the editors came up and was like, "Hey, guys, you know, there's uh, other things happening besides Canada." By the way, <laughs> yeah, that's all anybody was covering anymore. But I just I had mentioned how this kind of pushback against the government is is basically like an aphrodisiac to conservatives. You know, that's that's the very thing that's kind of a bedrock. And then I had to kind of, I stepped back for a second. I said I had to do a parenthetical. I was like, I'm speaking about the voters here, not the GOP establishment in D.C. that always manages to swell both our spending and the government at the same time. But mm-hmm. That's that. That is the case. We need to kind of kind of highlight some fresher exactly. perspectives that'll maybe uh, reinvigorate things on the conservative side. I'm contemplating really pissing people off and even doing a piece questioning Donald Trump's efficacy with the GOP. Um, I don't think that that would piss off as many people as you think. It might simply because that what what Trump is he actually he broke one establishment and exposed the other for what they were and you know it gave a lot of the newer 
uh, conservatives, the ones that were not a foot in the door. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not, you know, anti-Trump, and I'm not never Trump, and I'm not MAGA country either. I'm, I'm more, what did they say, nuanced about it. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, mean, I hate not that a conservative. word. <laughs> I know. It's, the, the fact checkers have completely bastardized that phrase. No, it's just, uh, I, I, I can look at him objectively, because he's not conservative. I, I've said that all along. When I was opposing him in the primaries and when I was with him in the White House, I, I was consistent yeah. in that. He is not conservative. Yeah. Uh, breaking new ground there. But... You know, at the same time, he was, you know, good in some aspects. He, he brought conservatism back to a degree. He allowed conservatives in the administration to do their job, which was a welcome surprise. Other things he did wrong, so I'm not, you know, 100% on board. That's kind of what I'm kind of looking at now is, like, going forward, mm-hmm. should he have exactly. the mantle on the entire part? Yeah, we'll see I, how things develop. But yeah, this this weekend will be interesting, especially when uh, they always do a straw poll. Oh, that's right. They do. I don't know if you remember <laughs> seeing that last year. Where, you know, they, I do. It's when you're walking into the main area, uh, just about to get into the concourse area where all the speakers and such are. They they have a huge booth set up with uh, you know, tiny kiosk with touchpads and you can go in there and vote and who do you want to run for president and who do you want for this you know it's like ask like five or six questions i guess usually and the big one is always who do you want the gop nominee for president to be in 2024 and it's gonna be interesting trump and desantis square off in that one especially considering it's ron's home turf mm-hmm. yeah he's uh his the the grassroots movement in Florida is really taking root. I mean, are really really set. So I, I think the Sandys actually has the upper hand in this case. And the you know the good good thing with the Sandys is he doesn't. It's equivocate like we were just talking about you know, he has been perfectly willing to stand right up and tell joe biden he's wrong about things he doesn't and i live here in florida and believe me the press doles out crap about him just about on a daily basis and i uh i just wrote about it i think earlier in the world was reporting on how uh, one of the florida speed skaters won a gold medal you know how unique it was that they came from this state first black woman to win a gold in that event of course they had to make half of the article about ron DeSantis and his racism oh god <laughs> <laughs> lord i uh, and the funniest of all is that all of the main com- complaints about him were factually incorrect He's trying to erase black history from schools. It's like, really? Uh, This is the guy that signed into law policy that mandates that schools teach about slavery and the Holocaust. And this wasn't something he just recently did to signed in 2019. It's it's been on the books for years. Oh, uh, something a reporter from 
we could have accessed information about. And then they tried to ding him on uh, anti-Semitism, of course. He was an anti-Semite because of things he did not say, is, is the argument that goes I, on. The Sunset will try to pull this same trick. <laughs> he didn't overreact when a handful of Nazis got together in Orlando. It's like, oh my gosh, it's anti-Semitic. It's like, what did he say? He didn't say anything. Oh, there, there's some ironclad that's, proof. Yeah, that's like solid. That's jail time, baby. I mean, come on. You know, so <laughs> these, these people are so unhinged. Like a dozen jackasses wave flags on Saturday, and Ron DeSantis is a Nazi lover. As a oh, wait a second. Two days before, he was honoring the Holocaust Remembrance Day at a synagogue, and had the state flags flying at half mast to honor those who passed away in the Holocaust. You know, as a Nazi would do. Yeah, exactly. Two days before these idiots got some attention. And the only reason anybody even knows about him is because the press was just flocking to report on it. <laughs> well, but here's the thing. I mean, it, it, it's damned if you do and damned if you don't because... If he were very vociferous against, you know, the the, the Nazis or whatever, um, they would call him out on it. As in, you know, why are you screeching so much? Why are you, why are you den- in such denial, you know, blah, 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 and all that stuff. He'd be damned for it. And the thing is, th- this kind of thing, no, you shouldn't ignore it. But you shouldn't, like, overblow it either. Because you're just feeding that beast, too. So, uh, you know, I thought he handled it. be honest no, it's just it's comical when you look at their accusations and then you look at the actual facts and they could not be further apart from each other. it's just just the way it goes though they, uh, this is why i cover the press so much is because this is the it's like you know this is how you fight it expose them turn the lights on watch the roaches scatter but that'll be uh a lot of what goes on at CPAC, too. A lot of that kind of... Uh, you, you get that vibe, you know, like last year you know, I was there. And, you know, it wasn't just 24-7. Trump, yes, oh, I love Trump. I mean, I didn't even hear or follow that much of him when we were there. No, not really. Not really. He spoke I, on I, Sunday. And most people had cleared out by then. But when it comes to, like, the panels and the speeches that are given... When it's, MAGA nation. It wasn't a Trump rally. You know, it was it was conservatism. It was what we have to do going forward. How do we defeat this policy? How do we? You know, that's exactly. that, that kind of just natural politic activity, and it was pretty cool to witness firsthand. Yep, and uh, I look forward to seeing what kind of progress you know is made after this CPAC too. It should be, it, and and yes, it is. It is a lot of fun, but. It is a really cool learning experience because I am not a political scientist by any means, by any stretch. I just observe human nature. That's what I was really trained to do. So going into a place like this, my gosh, it's like it's like the best Petri dish on the planet. You know, <laughs> it's like I'm just like drinking everything with my eyes and you know, just watching people and and listening too, because uh, th- that that part you learn a lot about 
when they're not um, in front of a microphone. Uh, so, you know, really cool details and stories, and, and it makes it more human and uh, more grounded to me. I mean, last year was, I, I know you did a lot behind the microphone and I and Jennifer and, and Sarah were like flitting around um, just like in, pretty much enjoying ourselves just, just walking around and, and meeting people and everything but and nothing against Jen Jen is the talker she <coughs> is so approachable and everything I mean it's such a great gift I wish I had it I let her do her thing and all I did was like look around and listen to people and everything. And that was for me, uh, that was like, that was like Nirvana. <laughs> it was so cool. <laughs> it's what I'm so used to doing. And I was like, I'm in my element. This is so cool. <laughs> but, um, I, I mean, you know, my sister literally calls me Miss Marple because that's pretty much how I am. I just observe human nature. That's all I do. I live in a, tiny little place now and all I do is watch people and I learned a lot about human nature doing that and uh, if politicians ever took the time to do the same thing even for just you know a few minutes each day a lot about their constituency listen to you getting all Uh, but it's true I mean you know uh, you know I a lot of people don't are not familiar with Henry Cuellar, but he's a, a a congressman here in Texas who right now is under investigation by the Biden administration for having done some business with Azerbaijan. And I'm like, who does business with Azerbaijan? Well, apparently he did business with Azerbaijan because the Obama administration asked him to. <laughs> so he actually was uh, he hosted Azerbaijan here in Texas and he was actually an envoy over there and everything and now he is being investigated for his ties to Azerbaijan well you know why he's been investigated because he has been very vocal against the administration for making the border open season for anybody coming through and so he listens to his constituents the constituents that are right there on the border, they're very worried. They're very, they've been assaulted. They have lost, uh, some of them have lost livelihoods, not just through COVID, but also because their, their, um, their dogs have been killed. You know, the ones that, um, alarm, alarm them to, uh, things on their ranches and on their farms. They, they have lost crops because the illegals just come through and trample everything. They leave a ton of trash in their wake, and and it's just it, it has wreaked havoc with the with the population there that he represents, and he really is very representative of the people that that are there. So that that's one of the people that I really admire because he he does listen to his people, and I wish that a lot of politicians were more like that, even. Sometimes I get really upset with Ted Cruz because he's not really listening to the people here. And and it takes, you know, a few yanks to bring him back. But, I mean, you, you witness how disappointing Shaw has, has been with his constituents. He was very conservative part, I guess, uh, of Texas. 
But he has turned into this, you know, Republican in name only and is more interested in uh, fundraising so that he could be reelected as a congressman. Again, I'm going, that's not your job. Your job is not to fundraise. Your job is to do what your people tell you to do in, in, in Washington. And, and so I don't think he's going to last. <laughs> Honest to God, he is not making friends. <laughs> That's amazing. And you want to talk about political clout, he had it. He had a lot of political clout, and he has squandered it. And, you know, and, and it's funny because, in contrast, Mr. Cuellar actually lost his seat to a Republican a few years back, but he gained it back. Um, and that was a big wake-up call for him. He noticed he was not working for the people there. And and he said, you know, and he told them, you know, when he when he won the district again, he says, I'm never going to make that mistake again. That man lives in his district. He does not travel to the capital, uh, to the state capital and camp out there. As a matter of fact, I think he's been to the state capital maybe three times. I don't know. Mm. But, I mean, he is very serious about his work because and he, because he got he got thrown out for not doing what the people there wanted him to do. You know, and he realized I'm not going to get reelected because I have a D after my name. I have, I have to earn back those votes. And he did. So, you know, Crenshaw is, I mean, don't him. He's treading a lot of water right now. And I, I'm, I'm watching it because, um, I do have friends and relatives that live in his district. And they had voted for him. They were like really excited. They had in they had figured that finally we have a good representative representative from our district in all seven. He has disappointed a lot of people. And none of my friends or family members are going to vote for him the next time around. They've already said no. Wow. That's you no know, representative of everybody there. But when you take into account that, that you know, 12 people that were really excited are now very disappointed and they all have the same complaint and they don't talk to each other most of the time anyway because they don't know, you know, my friends don't know each other and, and uh, um, my family members, well, let's face it, sometimes you talk to them and sometimes you don't. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, and I think this is one of those times, I don't know. But, you know, they're, they're of the opinion that he is not going to earn being voted back in. So we'll see. We'll see how it transpires. I mean, I'm not speaking for the entire district. I'm only, you know, relaying what relatives and, and friends are telling me. But Still rather, rather telling and a bit surprising, too, because... Uh, it is. I, it is. I figured he was... Not a lock necessarily, but I thought he was somebody who was building his name up. And I, I've not heard as much from him maybe in the last year, like, like we used to. I mean, he used to be a well. You know, he disappointed a lot of people with the red flag law, and he uh, he disappointed a lot of people for. Uh, uh, I think one of the votes that he was supposed to say yes on, he actually voted present or something like that. And so, oh, a lot of people were very, then there was that um, audio leak where he was complaining that, you know, he didn't have time to 
a lot of he needs to you know start fundraising again and blah 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 and all that stuff and people are pissed off about it because you're not there to fundraise you're there to actually get the job done and he's not doing that so yeah well that's you know sad state of politics these days i mean evil to the job that's already inherently evil so yeah let's just poison the world even more with more money fabulous yeah i know that's that but we should probably uh, we should probably move to more uplifting stories you know more um i don't think that's applicable here but uplifting uh, <laughs> uh, when it comes to finish franks i guess this is not an easy story no matter how you approach it so we'll just approach but the olympics just closed just wrap the ceremonies up yes and the and let's face it, it let's face it the olympians didn't win jack or shit china won everything and i'm not talking about the actual olympiads I'm talking about the country itself. <laughs> so. mm-hmm. Yeah, the whole thing was uh, pretty much a propaganda mess. Chicoms. But uh, one of the final events that took place was a long-distance ski marathon. They call this a mass start race because instead of you know breaking everybody up, they just had packed together at the starting line and go for it. Um. Conditions at the time, though, were a bit brutal, and what was supposed to actually be a 50-kilometer race was scaled down to 30 kilometers because of these conditions. Probably a good idea, because one skier from Finland by the name of Remy Lindholm kind of displayed (laughs) a little bit of the challenge that the athletes had out there in these conditions. Um, he um, finished his race and immediately had to uh, had to go to the medical tent, get a heat pack. You know, you break it, you get the heat up. Um, Remy was <laughs> in need of this. You know, they say when you go to the Olympics, you know, I mean, you talk to any athlete, they're willing to give an arm to win a gold medal. I I might draw the line here, however, because Remy Lindholm needed that heat pack because his <laughs> penis froze. <laughs> poor poor thing. I the roads just. That, I mean, oh my god! I can't even say it. the jokes write themselves. <laughs> uh, Here's. This is what I don't understand, because having had experience with uh, treating frostbite and everything, uh, on, on a male, so uh, the extremities are the first things that, you know, get frostbitten. They, you know, fingertips, fingers, toes, and feet, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, because the blood flow to those extremities is... It, 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 you know, it's 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 very minuscule. Um, the the vessels there are rather small. They contract tightly and everything. So I don't know. I I think that area has bigger blood vessels, maybe. But <laughs> I could be wrong. I'm 
it's because I'm, I, my, I mean, I, there are so many places to go with this, but it, this is, is where I have a deal. You know, I, I mean, I want to feel bad for the guy, of course, but the key takeaway in this story is this. It's the second time that this has happened to the guy. Uh, yeah, okay. Uh, this I don't This I don't understand. Now, I, I get that they have to wear these uh, uh, unitard uh, uniforms uh, for speed mm-hmm. and whatnot. And, and you don't want to have funkiness, uh, anything. But, Joe, they make these little hand warmers, the pocket hand warmers. You tuck that in your pocket and you put your hand and it's 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 very thin, they're very light. He could have tucked that in, okay? He could have tucked that in, but apparently they don't even wear a jock strap or <laughs> they're wearing this thing. So I I just like maybe somebody might design one with a pocket there. Yeah, it would that might work. Also, too, if this ever happened to me, I would be exploring the concept of an indoor sport. During the summer. Got got no openings on the curling team right now, do you? I mean, twice this is... Not even that, man. I, I would be as far away from icy conditions as possible. I mean, I, I'd, I'd even venture to go into trampoline, you know, in, in the Olympics, just so I could be in the su- in, during the summer instead yeah, of the geez. winter. I mean, the curling, I've seen the guys in short sleeve shirts, okay? It's, that's bearable conditions, is my point. I, I would have segued away from any, any sport in which my crank needs to be chipped off of my thigh at the end of the event. So I'm... Sorry, but uh, you're going to have to maybe have some other qualifiers because I'm out. But yeah, ah, man. I can't even. I, 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 I really, I feel bad for men because having that, your um, reproductive organs on the outside is, it's tricky and it can be dangerous and it, it hurts when, you know, they get jostled or you yeah, know, but punched or whatever. You know how men are in their tools. I do not. I don't need to. <laughs> we prefer them. We like handling them. That kind of thing, you know. I, I, I will defer to your vast knowledge on the subject because <laughs> I have none. <laughs> And of course, you get the the real big beer gut, and you know you make a comment about him. It's like, oh, you got a tool like mine. You got to build a shed for it. <laughs> not a, a shed, not a Quonset hut. <laughs> you got a Home Depot going on there, partner. It's challenging your t-shirts. But okay. Uh, that's uh, that I. I I do feel for the guy, and I hope that he's okay, and that there was no extensive skin damage. Um, I hope there was no skin damage at all, actually, but, you know, who knows? I was not there to check, and I really don't want to check. (laughs) I'm good not knowing. (laughs) Almost wonder if this wasn't a pickup line for him. (laughs) 
you know, got a got a little <laughs> hot nurse inside the tent or something. It's like, um, I've got an area that needs tending. <laughs> no. Any God, any ideas how to how to remedy? I've I've got a. <laughs> I cannot. No, no, well, no. Um, <laughs> Today we are uh, got a little bit of a holiday going on, don't we? Yes, we do. Uh, uh, aside the fact that it's 222 2022 mm-hmm. uh, Tuesday, that's in T-W-O, it's also National Margarita Day. And, uh, and considering we- all the twos, I just assumed you just order a double. <laughs> most most people do anyway <laughs> i know uh i know freedom recon whenever we go out to eat whenever we visit we go to the restaurant and she's like double tequila wedge of wedge of lime on the side <laughs> like that's the first thing out of <laughs> boom <laughs> and i'm like wow okay i'll i'll just i'll just have sweet tea <laughs> No, I get a cocktail too. <laughs> I do. <laughs> Ain't nobody buying. Yeah. I, but yeah, I mean, she, um, she and um, Velvet are are big tequila fans. So their day um, because it's Margarita Day, and uh, uh, yeah, yeah, they, I believe. Freedom Recon was having tequila tonight to celebrate. She doesn't do margaritas most of the time, but uh, she does do mar- <laughs> tequila. So, but yeah, so tequila is in the news outside of the fact that it is Margarita Day. Yes, we figured we would uh, segue very nicely in this fashion. Mm-hmm. But we uh, did. considering <laughs> the base ingredient here, and of course, you know. With, you always got a reference archer who just nailed the. Uh, he's got the gif out there from the episode too. There's only one way to make a margarita. Turbo <laughs> <laughs> gold, quattro, yes. lime juice, salt, <laughs> and then he's delivering it from a lounge chair poolside. Just makes it all the better. So it's perfect. Yes. But, um, yeah, there's a little bit of uh, news. This this weekend there was the NBA All-Star Game. I, I read mm-hmm. that. I Yeah, I have to take your word for it because I completely mm-hmm. missed it. That's, that's, that's something they do that, huh? Okay, that's right. I forgot. It's her sport. They have that thing. And LeBron James... Drew a couple stairs, some double takes and such, as he arrived at the arena with a leather satchel over his shoulder, and cradled in front of him was a bottle of tequila. Oh, really? His tequila. LeBron actually has uh, his own brand that he's involved with that's called Lobos 1707. I don't understand the significance of tequila and numbers like that. Why? It's, there's a lot of brands out there with numbers. Do you, do you have a clue? Uh, well, 
one of one of the stories that we're going to cover as far as tequila goes does explain why numbers are used in their brand. Um, but I know that there's there's a tequila you can't get it here. It's it's a blue agave tequila out in Jalisco, and their numbers signify the the date and the and and the family uh, when it was founded so that whole number has to do with the the date that it was founded and the number the, the amount of members in that family so it, it just depends on you know, that kind of thing so i do wonder what what was this what was his numbers again uh, it's called Lobo seventeen zero seven. Seventeen zero seven. It's not his, but he, I guess, invested in it or such. You know, like bought a big stake in the company, and this goes for anywhere from forty five dollars up to one hundred and fifty dollars a bottle. Oh, I'm sure it's going to go far higher now that he is associated with it. Uh, he's he's gotten in trouble in the past with the league when he would bring it up or he would promote it at inappropriate times, you see. The league is so upright. Well, the NBA's all-star, yeah, the all-star game, he should not be bringing in liquor. Um, Why not? At all. Uh, no, because he's there to play. And you do have little kids that are watching and all that stuff. So that association, liquor with the game, I don't know. It seems kind of sketchy to me. I, I wouldn't do it, personally speaking. Now, it's true. They sell beer at these games and everything. But I don't see an NBA player, you know, hawking, you know, Bud Light or Shine or anything like that when he's out on the court. So that's just well, me, Brad. I'm a no, square. I'm- you know this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pollyanna. No tequila, then. Oh, did you just call me Pollyanna? I did. <laughs> I'll own it. I've always owned it. Okay. But uh, I, I do wonder about the 1707. I'm surprised it wasn't 1619, knowing him. But um, I, I, I like the fact that it's. Yeah, I, I'll see what I can dig up on that number, but um, I, th- I find it interesting that it's called Lobos, too. I mean, what do wolves have to do with tequila? I'll never understand, but whatever. It's, it sounds badass or something, I don't know, but then you got the Timberwolves in the league, too. I wonder how they feel about this. But not the Yeah, it's brand. appropriating. Not the only brand in the news, though. Kendall Jenner is another celebrity with her own tequila because, of course, she does. I I know what I'm looking for, my potables and spirits to make drinks with. My first go-to for reference will be a Kardashian. (laughs) Didn't they have a vodka called Dash for a while? I thought they did. I hope not, but don't care. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> I find it interesting that a young woman who is barely of any legal age to drink, I mean, she's 
she's pretty young. I'm, I'm sure she's legal. I'm just saying she's very young. Decided to go on a quest, according to her, to find the best tasting tequila, according to her. And I now they now she's in a lawsuit. Now this is completely separate from the lawsuit. She was accused by a lot of people of cultural appropriation. Because here's a woman who is not of Mexican descent trying to market a tequila. And my first thought was, what the fuck? Well, She's not the these, first person. Where were these bitch asses when George Clooney got a tequila? Quite silent. And let's not forget, Nick Jonas just launched his. Um, and they're silent on him, too. Can't get much wider uh, and, and, and So I'm, I'm just like, so it's okay if a white guy does it. Because he's suave, and uh, but not a white chick doing it. I don't understand this. But regardless, you know, y'all know me. I don't believe cultural appropriation is just. It's a myth. It doesn't exist. It's. So that accusation, uh, whatever, lay it to rest. But this one, this one seems to be a little bit more serious. It seems Miss Kardashian is actually being sued by a Texas brand of tequila. And uh, they actually have a pretty good case, in my opinion, because when I looked at the bottles side by side, I was like, holy shit. (laughs) Well, this is, yeah. um, (laughs) when, When you're a Jenner slash Kardashian in your marketing tequila. Uh, stop with the PR nonsense. I don't want to hear how you went on a vision quest in the foothills of Mexico to seek out the perfect aguave plantation in order to distill properly to my glowing stand. Shut up, princess. Yeah, pretty much. Nice. Don't want to hear it. It's I'm going to, yeah, I'll put the, uh, the the picture in the in in the chat so y'all can see side by side comparison. Um, but I was just very surprised that it was so similar and down to the name. Now, and this is where the whole number thing comes in. Tequila five one two is referencing the area code for the for the place where it's made, which is Austin. So mm-hmm. the Austin area code is 512. Tequila, 818 Tequila Blanco is also referencing the area code for where Jenner lives. Um, I, I called her Miss Kardashian, but, but they all flow together. I mean, they all look alike. So... <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I can say that, Brad. <laughs> But, you know, it, it's down to the style of the bottle, the label, the number, it's Blanco, you know, just, I mean, the, there's too many similarities to, yeah, I just found, oh, no, you to just make it seem that it's just coincidental. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I did. And so, 
even even down to how the tape on the top of the cork is applied. I mean, it, 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 it's like they completely ripped off Tequila 512. All they did differently was flip the number and the word tequila on the label. So, I, just, I, so. I question anybody that would be motivated to seek out her tequila. <laughs> Unless you're just a diehard fan, that's about it. Because I mean, this kind of thing... Wait, the spirits that most people know about are generational. We're talking centuries in some cases when you get into scotch and stuff. And some fly-by-night reality star is going to tell me what is a premium. I mean, stop it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't see this. Where I, now, I, I can understand her wanting to invest in some kind of liquor that maybe some people will like that that's fine um as yeah, I mean, we I'm, I'm not uh, as you just saw i'm not gonna buy into it as a quality product though sorry no no and <laughs> it's i think this is just a, another a, a way for her to you know get in business you know have a business uh and and I'm sorry, at her age, maybe she knows about booze, maybe she doesn't, but tequila is, as rough as, uh, uh, as, rough as it is, there's actually tequila that can be very um, refined. And, you know, a lot of people jump to the whole blue agave thing. But, you know, it goes further than that. Um, and I don't think that she... You know, she knows enough to justify her founding a business of the best tasting tequila. Now, if it tastes good to her and that's the best tasting she's had, then she should say, this is the best tasting tequila I've ever had. Y'all should try it and then go from there. But not to tell me that that's the best tasting tequila because that's not going to happen. I've had really good tequila that you can't even find over here. <laughs> so... Yeah, I think she's going to be disappointed. <laughs> she can go out and do it. That's cool. I just, I, I don't see any appeal myself. I mean, a celebrity. Uh, yeah, I'm not a big tequila drinker. Bourbon. I'm not really going to be too eager to run out and do it. I, I forget who it was. There was one came out a while ago. It, was, uh, it actually comes in a, it's not in a glass bottle, but a tin, 750. Oh yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't know how to say. I mean, I can't, I can't remember. But yeah, I know what you're talking about. Still house or something like that, but it was it, they had samples of it, and I tried. Yeah. It. And it, was, it was a very hot bourbon. It wasn't properly not what I expected. Well, okay. I, 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 I don't know. I, it, it seems to be that. This isn't going to last very long for her anyway. She's going to lose interest. She loses interest in every single business endeavor that she starts. I don't know if anybody has noticed this, but me as a people watcher, that is one thing that has kind of stuck out to me. So we'll see. But well, it, do, it doesn't that, uh, look Sammy, good for her. Sammy Hagar's got one. Oh, my God. Another cultural appropriator. 
Well, that's actually been <laughs> highly rated. And the thing is this, though. Yeah. Sammy's got restaurant bars in Mexico. First one was in Cabo San Lucas, and then hence the name Cabo Wabo. He wrote a song based on his restaurants, and then from there, his restaurants produced their own tequila. He's now got three, I believe. He's got a white, a gold, and an agave, and they're they're yeah, supposed and to he's out there. Fresh. Exactly, he's out there. He's doing the research and everything. I don't see her doing that either. I just see her drinking it. I mean, like over here, <laughs> she's not sourcing anything. No, I Hager, think what it is is the makers of it saw her name and said, "Hey, how much money can we give you to say it's yours?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> that kind of crap. She's yeah, not appropriating anything except paychecks. I I have noticed that. When celebrities get into the whole liquor thing, a lot of them fall into the whole tequila thing. Why is that? There's other liquor. <laughs> I um, don't get it. I, I think one, it's probably because it's more of a youth drink. I guess. I mean, uh, I'm not saying there aren't 40 and 50 year old tequila drinkers, but when you see the people that are, you know, ordering the shots and drinking it in earnest and such, you're probably in that 20 to 30 range. Because older drinkers such as myself, I have to admit, I mean, you know, we're into, if you're drinking something straight, it's aged bourbon, aged scotch, things of this nature that are, right. you know, and then those also take time. And those are also made from established, long established distillery. So it's it's not something that you can just say, you know what I want to do? You know, because if you're going to say, oh, it'd be cool to make my own bourbon. Great. We'll see you in six years when it hits the market. <laughs> right. That takes too long. That's, I'm on one now. Yeah. So well, I... They probably go to Mexico and they find some family-run tequila distilleries and, and work out deals or something so that you know they can you know, and I was, I was looking into it for uh, for one of my columns my dipsology column and tequila is hitting up against some severe challenges because of the way it's farmed and harvested you know they they basically have to get the agave plant right before it flowers that's like the yes, that is correct time because it's the heart of the plant itself builds up all its sugars and other elements right before it blooms, you know, and, it, and it uses all of that to produce the flowering. But that's the stuff they want to use. Mm-hmm. So, right when it gets to that point, that's when you cut them, you got to scrape them, you bake them. I mean, there's a pretty involved process too to come up with a really nasty tasting liquor, but. In doing so, you end up with a monoculture, and there also right. there there's some shortages of like the bats that are the pollinators for these, and there's there's a number of different environmental challenges. And I'm not talking global warming here; I'm talking about the processing of there's, plants. Yeah, it's a very a lot of people don't understand the delicate cycle of the whole process of the flowering the pollination and all all that stuff everything that goes into it when you don't have enough of the plant flowering 
enough plants flowering. The bats don't have enough to pollinate other plants. So they won't be coming back to get the nectar or get the bugs that are flying around around the agave plant when there's no flower to be had. And that's an issue that they're they're having with the whole thing. Mexico is not known for the best um, ecological, uh, how can I say this delicately? (laughs) Uh, Ecology is not their bag. It just isn't. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's, (laughs) I I would think that after generations, they would have fine-tuned that process a little bit, but... uh, well, you have to contend with the fact they used to have a really good process, but the cartels own Mexico now. And, you know, farming out there, even for something as grandiose as blue agave, which, by the way, those things are taller than I am and uh, extremely wide. I mean, they're huge. They really are. They, they're, blue agave is incredible as a as a plant it's just incredible but you know if uh, the cartels are, are involved in those areas you know your your farming is going to diminish in capacity or they will take it over or you know you'll have to pay extortion or you know whatever for whatever reason something will go wrong so and, and a lot of people are like oh gosh, Aggie, it's not always about the cartels. And I'm like, uh, there's a reason I don't go to Mexico anymore. <laughs> it's always about the cartel. <laughs> I should say cartels. But, yeah, so. I used to go with mom and dad every time I visited down there. And now I, I my parents will refuse to go. They live 25 miles from the southern border. And they refuse to go, even for lunch, if it's so bad. I just I find it amusing too when they bring up that cultural appropriation charge because so you know, many people do the <laughs> Ultimately, though, if the brand does better, then the Mexican people do better. It would be great for the distillery, the workers, all of it. They'll you would benefit. You would think. You it's would not think. Like Kendall Jenner went down to Mexico and stole the distillery and brought it back to Beverly Hills. I mean, it's still operating in Mexico by Mexicans. So, yeah, I think I think their beef is that uh, the Mexican workers don't get paid very well and all that stuff. And I'm going, yeah, that's Mexico's fault. That's not her fault. Mm-hmm. You know, for I don't like this woman, but I can't blame her for what's going on in Mexico. That's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, if the label does well, the Mexicans will do well. Yeah, I mean, look at Patron. Patron has expanded. She just says, okay, you know what? You're right. I'm out. That's not going to help anybody's paycheck in Mexico. Sorry. (laughs) Uh, No, Mike, the cartel would probably throw me back over the river. They would not pay. They would not get a lot of money for me. And by the time I was done cussing them out and calling their mothers whores and all that stuff, they'd probably either cut me up or throw me across the river again. Well, um, they base ransom on pounds or something? <laughs> if they did, then they'd get a hefty sum of money for me, but no. Shut up. 
But got to wait like fuck oh two, and that's if it's raining now. No, no, it's it's more than that. Sad to say, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, look at Patron. Patron has extended. It, it used to be Patron just came in the añejo a reposado. Then they they started with the silver. So it was just those three, and then they got into the whole. Um, the liqueurs, you know, the orange, the lime, <laughs> the coffee. And believe it or not, they even bought a rum distillery out in Antigua, I want to say. Pirate rum is owned by Patron. And had they not bought it, Pirate rum, which has been around for generations, would have just folded. And that would have been the end of that distillery in Antigua, which, believe it or not, was like one of the main um, economies of that island. So, yes, you know, when the tequila does well, the people do better, you know, the ones that, that work in the distilleries and, and all that stuff. But people are so fixated on race and cultural appropriation that cannot see past that. They're like, yeah, but know, isn't, uh, isn't it appropriation if the Mexicans go down and take over a rum distillery from the Caribbeans? Oh no, not that's not the that's not the way it works. It only works when white people do it, apparently. But only oh. women, in this case, <laughs> because Clooney got away with it, Hager got away with it, Nick Jonas is getting away with it. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Channing Tatum has got his own vodka going, made from Idaho potatoes. So I suppose he's appropriating from the Irish. I guess. I guess. Yeah. The way it works, yeah. or potatoes, or is it? If, you, if it's Irish because of the potatoes, or is it Russian because it's vodka? What you know? I'm confused. Who should be offended here? Mm. That's how stupid this kind of <laughs> it is. Uh, I, I just I I don't hold with cultural appropriation. I mean, seriously. I when when I was in college and somebody wanted to dress like a Puerto Rican um, person or whatever, I helped with the costume. No, I'm not going to lie. I helped them with the costume. Um, if they wanted to go as a, you know, somebody that was in a gang, a Puerto Rican gang, I really helped with the costume because I really knew those people. <laughs> They're my hood. <laughs> so for me, it was not a question of appropriating my culture. It was a question of, hey, this is, this is, this is real. This is my reality. And you want to go dressed up as my reality. That's fine. Let's, let's do it you know that kind of thing it was always fun and the whole concept of cultural appropriation seems to be a very selfish um myopic thing you know culture is not something that you keep to yourself it's something that you share with others so that they can understand where you're coming from They adopt your culture when they see something that works better than what they have. And, you know, that's progress. That's how progress happens. And and yeah. to say, you know, uh, your prom dress, uh, my culture is not your prom dress, which is how this whole shit started, I think, is, is beyond stupid. Um, but then again, the people that are always screeching about cultural appropriation are not exactly bright so stands the reason you're talking about emotionally 
well, it, it just, individuals. You know, I mean, this was like what no well, three, three or four years ago. I know that you know, like Halloween was a big scramble going on culturally because they didn't yep. want Moana costumes on the marketplace because that's offensive. Little I girls don't. wanting to dress up like a Moana princess. Why is that offensive? Because same thing. My culture is not your Halloween costume or something like that. Well, that has thankfully died a slow death because not only can you get them, I saw a couple girls this past Halloween dressed like them. You can buy the Moana outfit now in like Disney stores or Walmart and such. They have like Disney now sells Disney mm-hmm. princess dresses for little girls. I know this because I have a Disney princess here and she saw the Moana outfit and wanted it. So, yeah. Yeah, we that came back, didn't it? We used to sell them um, when I worked for the Disney stores. And then, for some reason, Disney stores went all adult. And I'm like, but why? I, I don't get that. Now they're going back to, you know, catering to kids, which is what they should do. But, um, yeah, I that whole, you know, not wanting to dress as Moana because you're culturally appropriate. <laughs> Moana was a kick-ass chick. She goes out there on her own to conquer you know, mm-hmm. and you're telling me I can't dress up as this badass chick? What? <laughs> nope, that's not going to happen. <laughs> I appropriated white culture. I dressed up like Tippi Hedren. I dressed up like Janet Lee. I didn't give a shit. <laughs> yes, we know, Aggie. You didn't give a shit, but my people are deeply Your people. <laughs> I did not wear a Dutch costume yet. So. No, but I mean, that's like you know, when it comes to food and they're talking about cultural appropriation, it's so, the, the closest I could possibly even get to offended is if <coughs> people were, uh, you know, like, oh, you can't put Gouda cheese on pizza. That's my people's. You know what my thinking is? Well, if that's popular, they're going to make more of this stuff. It'll be more available. Exactly. I, I, and, that's, and that's the way it should be seen. You are spreading the best of your skills of your culture for others to enjoy. Why is that wrong? I've never understood that. Well, you're not a member of the club. You're not allowed in. I guess so. I, I, it just it just blows my mind that this stuff, I mean, when I came here, and one of the best things I ever watched was, you know, Schoolhouse Rock. I, I learned so much about this country just from those jingles, just from those songs, and I distinctly remember the great American melting pot and what it signified. And I jokingly said one time a few years ago that we've gone from a great American melting pot into a salad bar. Now, we're not even a salad bar anymore. At least a salad bar is all united in one area. We're now the food on monk's plate, completely divided, not touching each other. It's the TV dinner with the little walls separating all the dishes. Yes. And that, that's, that's, you know, you can't even mix them up anymore. Mm-mm. And, I, and, I, and I, it just, it's, it's a disservice to culture when you do something like that. It really is. It's a disservice to the people that grew up in that culture, that developed that culture. Because you are no longer allowed to enjoy the good parts and appreciate the good parts and learn from the bad parts. They become aliens to you. And thus that separation. And 
I mean that, and that happens everywhere. It's not just here in the United States, but the thing is, this country was founded in a way that encouraged the melding of different cultures, and to see that go away, it's kind of it, it's kind of sad. It's tragic, really. I mean, look at uh, you know, look at the way that I spread my people's product around. Like I, I encourage anybody and everybody to get some Van Gogh Dutch chocolate vodka, supreme stuff. And guess what? <laughs> Y'all buy I heard it. it. Up. <laughs> People buy it. They're going to make more. It'll be available. It'll be back on the marketplace, widespread like it used to be. So I, I, I've been every time I find a bottle. I told you I've hoarded. I, I have, I have eight bottles. <laughs> They're all mine. I don't share with anybody. <laughs> uh, your vodka is now my culture, and I do not share it with anybody. Sorry. It's cultural hoarding. It is. <laughs> but, you know, uh, it, and, it, and it doesn't stop with cultural appropriation. It, th- this whole race thing has gotten so out of hand that we now have people complaining about white Hispanics needing to take a back seat to black and indigenous Hispanics. I kid you not. Oh, brother. What did the, what did the Latinx people do now? It's, it is the most bizarre thing. It, it was an, an opinion piece that was written by Julio Ricardo Varela. And he is talking about how white Hispanics don't have the same struggles and the same um, worldviews or even the same outcomes as black Hispanics and indigenous Hispanics. Now, what he means by those terms are a white Hispanic is somebody who is literally light-skinned. He would look at me and say, you're a white Hispanic. He wouldn't care about my ancestry whatsoever. But a black Hispanic is someone who has more African blood than Hispanic blood. So somebody, a a biracial between um, an Hispanic, say a Puerto Rican and an African American, that person is considered Afro-Hispanic. And I, I, I know, it's completely ridiculous. And then you have your indigenous Hispanics, which are those that married into uh, indigenous populations, most of them hailing from South America and Mexico. And I'm like, no, this, this is the most utterly ridiculous thing. I'm white by mistake, okay? That was a genetic mistake. If you were to see my sister, she, is, she looks like Beyonce, okay? She is very dark-skinned. At my, mine was a genetic malformation, I guess, and everything. All of us in my family, if you lined up my brothers, my brother and my sisters, were all different in skin tone, completely different. That's the nature of being Hispanic. Hispanic is someone who is descended from Spanish, indigenous, and African lines. And that color thing is purely chance. It really yeah, is. Yeah, but to to say that your world view is formed by your skin color is stupid. Yeah, and, and it, it, it really is. You can have a Hispanic that looks like you 
from the land. And this guy's saying that a black Hispanic in the Bronx would have a more pure worldview on Hispanic culture than you. And and and, th- and the thing with this guy is that he he brings up John Leguizamo, who is I believe from Colombia, and Leguizamo was talking about how he used to avoid the sun so that his skin wouldn't get too brown, so that he could get roles in Hollywood as an Hispanic, because they're always looking for lighter skinned Latinos, according to this guy. Well, the problem is not with the white Hispanics. The problem lies with Hollywood. Hollywood is the one that's hiring these people, not the white Hispanic person. So for him to actually say that, you know, uh, the, the harsh reality is that the darker skinned ones don't get the same opportunities as the lighter skinned ones. That's not the fault of the lighter skinned, you know, Latinos. It, it, it can never be the fault of the lighter skinned Latinos. Because that fault lies with those people who are hiring for that specific role in Hollywood. And to me, it makes it seem like, well, now what you're doing is you're actually equating or trying to equate an African Latino and an indigenous Latino with, uh, you know, African Americans and what they have to go through because of their skin color. Well, that's not true either. Not even remotely true. And and it just it 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 just. Well, the it funny thing me. is, this, this guy's writing about Leguizamo, and he even said something um, here. He said that um, his words were well intentioned, but the framing was highly problematic. As soon as you hear those words, you know you're about to go off the rails. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, he, and he and he brought here's up why he was problematic, though, because he is neither Afro Latino nor indigenous. Ah, uh, and that's where this guy is wrong. Leguizamo's mother, I believe, is part indigenous, more indigenous than she is Hispanic, if I recall correctly. That this is something that happens a lot. In I mean, hell, my grandmother was, and and this is this is what I don't understand. It's it's. We don't, Hispanics don't divide each other by color. And this guy is trying to do that. We divide each other by culture, which is why you don't have that homogeny like you do with the African-American culture here in the United States. You don't lump Cubans with Puerto Ricans, with Mexicans, with Guatemalans, with uh, Costa Ricans, with, you know, Peruvians. You don't do that. We don't do that. They may want to, but we don't do that. Well, what I love too separate. is this guy. This guy is basically dictating the culture of these performers because he also talks about Javier Bardem. Yes, who is he, who, he's Spanish. In right. case people, and you know, what what he said here is that um. Javier Bardem was wrong when he was dismissing the distinctions between Spanish actors and Latino actors. Because he's he's suggesting that, you know, they they come from a similar foundation, let's say, uh, origin of their experiences, yada, yada. And he's saying that the writer of this piece said this is an example of the problems that Latino actors in general have 
because, and he said, Leguizamo and other white Latinos are making a similar mistake when they equate their experiences as white Latinos to those of Latinos who are black or indigenous. I mean, it is so asinine, the lengths he has to go to. It's He's telling it's other Latinos they're wrong for their opinion about being Hispanic. <laughs> yeah, and it's just it was it was an incredible piece to read for me, and you know, and I went and I checked out what Javier Badem was saying, and he actually isn't dismissing the distinctions between Spanish actors and Latino actors. What he was saying was Spanish actors are rarely limited. Because there are not a lot of Spanish roles, roles for Spanish people. But there are roles for Latino people. So the Spanish people are actually, you know, working on those Latino roles. I mean, Javier Baden just got nominated for uh, his portrayal of Ricky Ricardo, who was Cuban. Okay, so he was under fire for that. And what he was trying to say is true. There are not a lot of roles in Hollywood or or, you know, in Great Britain or in France for a Spanish person. But there are a lot of roles for a Latino person. A lot more. And that's what he was trying to say. And, of course, everybody ran with it saying, oh, my God, I can't believe you said that. You know, you're dismissing the distinctions between the two. No, 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 that's not what he said. And the same thing with him calling Leguizamo a white Hispanic, if if I were standing next to John Leguizamo, John Leguizamo would look like Denzel, okay? He's that much darker than I am because I am, I am literally vampire, okay? And yet I can show you my ancestry chart and I can show you, and my ancestry chart goes back several hundred years, uh, to even before the uh, the the uh, the Muslims started to invade uh, Spain, and I can show you where I have my indigenous blood and where I have the African blood and where I have all this stuff, and I'll bet you anything, my indigenous uh, creds are far higher than this guy who's writing this piece of shit. I mean, I, 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 you know, he, it, it, he was like, he was boasting about everybody coming after him, you know, uh, you know, he, he was blocking all of these fake, um, fake Latinos because they, they were, you know, dismissing him or disagreeing with his, um, tripe. And, and I'm like, I, this is, this is why my, culture gets upset because of shit like this. I never look at a person's skin when I'm talking with Puerto Ricans. It doesn't even it doesn't even come into my head that somebody is darker than me. I don't identify as a white Hispanic. I just identify as myself. If somebody wants to identify me as Hispanic or Latina, that's fine. If you throw the X in there, I will come after you with my knife. I will not tolerate an X after Latin. It's just not going to happen. If you do it, I I I got to write that down before this weekend. If if you do it while we're at CFAC, I will cut you. I will carve my initials on your arm. 
No equis on sabado. Okay, there we go. <laughs> For my edification. I, 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 just, I just love I, it too when I get people griping at me sometimes or they'll just say, it's like, oh, there's no way you're 100% Dutch. It's like, yeah, well, I am actually. Uh, I traced it back and I, I don't know, I, one year I got the 23andMe or one of those blood sample kits that you know, the CIA now has my DNA. And it came back and, you know, showed up and was showing. It was like the both sides of the family and the overlap was perfectly centered over the Netherlands, but there was just like two or three percent. <laughs> and, you know, and the wife was like, no way you're pure. I was like, I'm pure. She's like, no, no, right there, three percent, the Moors. You got more blood in you. I was like, well, okay. So one of my ancestors was sleeping with the help. Oh, Hello. I, I got more blood in me too, <laughs> but you know my my. Uh, oh, and 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 here's a little tidbit for you people. Javier Bardem is actually Canario. He's from the Canary Islands, where my people are from, so we're probably related. But um, oh, can you give me tickets? <laughs> but the thing is, the Canary Islanders are very mestizo. They're they're very mixed. They're not pure Spanish blood either. So, um, uh, that, you know, that for people to call him, you know, completely Spanish, it's, it's, he's not completely Spanish. He's the riffraff. He's, he, he's more Hispanic than he is Spanish by the, by the definition. But I, I just, I, I find it so funny that people are now trying to have a grievance about the color of an Hispanic's of a Hispanic person's skin. I'm loving the Hispanic writer telling other Hispanics that they're improperly Hispanic <laughs> alignment or some nonsense. Dude, you are trying way too hard. Stop it before you hurt yourself. <laughs> it's it's extremely ridiculous. And you would not find anybody talking to a black person about, oh, you should identify more as latte than you know black well they pulled that crap on will smith when he was doing the uh the movie he's in right now um of king king william yeah yeah because uh, he wasn't properly black he wasn't black enough to play that role <laughs> yeah and, and and i'm like okay you you can't you can't have both you you've already divided the entire african-american population from the rest of the people here on this on on this uh in this country you can't start dividing but that's what they want to do they want to start dividing by color even the color people the people that are identify as what is it bipoc black indigenous people of color and people of color. Yeah. And I would not, by their standards, I would not be indigenous. And yet, by my ancestry, I would fall under indigenous, not person of color. So, it's, it's, it's a big mess. And it's just, it just goes to show that they will never tire of dividing everybody. They need to keep this division. It, it, it will never be enough. I mean, once you have the Latinos divided by color, then you go by each color and start dividing them by something else. And then once you finish that per color, 
then you start with everything that you just finished dividing and start dividing that. It's they'll never they'll never stop, and you know it, it's up to those people that are in those particular cultures to you know say no. This is why it it you know the Democrats are always talking about the Hispanic bloc. There's no such thing. We are Hispanic, yes, but I can tell you right now, the Mexicans do not identify with the Cubans. The Puerto Ricans certainly do not identify with the Venezolanos. <laughs> I mean, you know, and it, it's just, it, 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 it amazes me that they insist on lumping us in one place, and then you have people like this idiot trying to divide us by the color of our skin. I'm like, no, you can't have it both ways, buddy. You just can't. All right. Well, I got to get scooting over here. I got travel prep I got to do. Oh, yeah, whatever. I'm almost packed. <laughs> I don't leave till the day after tomorrow, but I'm almost packed. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. No, I got to add a few other things I got to nail down over here. So, unfortunately, yeah, I got to, uh, I got to scoot, so I'll be able to scoot. All right, well, where can we find you, Brad? You can find me in various areas. I am daily over at townhall.com in the VIP section with my media column, Rift, from the headlines. I'm also a regular on the front page, redstate.com, where I got uh, political, entertainment, media, all kinds of coverage taking place over there. And... I'm on this very network, and people should listen attentively as we will be doing what we can to get some broadcast time in from CPAC this weekend. So I've got slot Thursday night i got to do with Ordy for our entertainment show, The Culture Shift. Alternate Thursdays, I'm here at the same location with Paul Young as we do The Dark Side of Hollywood with Disasters in the Making every Tuesday with yourself. Cocktail Lounge, and if you need more of me than that, let's face it, you do. If you head over to Twitter, you'll see me at Martini Shark. And what about you, Aggie? How do people get more of your magnificence? <laughs> magnificence. Well, you can find me at Aggie Regan and at Aggie the Barkeep over on Twitter. I'm also over on Getter, same handle, Aggie Regan, and you can find me. Tuesday nights right here, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, doing the Cocktail Lounge with my affable, quaffable co-host, Brad. And Friday nights, also 8.30 p.m. Eastern, doing He Said, She Said with the quirky and lovable Mickey Blowtorch. Thanks, you guys, for enjoying our show tonight and hope to hear from you guys on Saturday. No, Friday. Friday afternoon. We'll be live, so... Raise a glass and look at the sea. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.